0: Hello listeners and fellow explorers, this is Living in the Sprawl's lovely and talented producer slash wife, Lisa Steinberg. I wanted to thank all of you for your continuous support of the show. As a new podcast on the scene, John and I self-support the logistics and research that go into the show. The number one way to support the show is to rate, review, and share this podcast with everyone you know. Many of you have been doing this and it has helped immensely. I also invite you to check out our website and the show notes for other ways to support the show. We are currently working with companies we currently use ourselves to get discount codes for our listeners and support the show in the process. These companies include Every Table, Just CBD Store, Gold Belly, Cat's Botanicals, and so much more. By using the links on our website, you are letting them know we sent you and in turn supporting the show. You can also support us on Patreon and PodFan. Please check out the website at livinginthesprallpodcast.com for updates on companies we are working with, our testimonies, links, codes, and new Living in the Sprawl merchandise. Again, thank you to all of you, our lovely listeners, for tuning in every week and allowing us to do what we love. Without further ado, your humble correspondent, John Steinberg.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's Most Adventurous podcast. I am, as always, your humble host and correspondent. My name is John Steinberg, joined in tandem by my lovely and immensely talented producer slash my wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. We are the team here at Sprawl Enterprises ready to bring you yet another exciting foray into the vast, expansive terrain that we have lovingly dubbed The Sprawl. On today's show, a deep dive into the world of kitsch. We're going to be examining Gucci architecture. 10 spots to acquaint yourself with the signature Southern California architectural style. In 1949, Guji Coffee Shop opened its doors at Sunset and Crescent Heights. Its neighbor at the time was the uber-famous Schwab's Pharmacy and Soda Fountain. If you drive by that intersection today, none of it's there anymore. But there is a very sleek AMC Theaters on the second floor of a pretty modern shopping center. With Guji the diner the coffee shop the world became acquainted with a futuristic take on architecture enormous windows streamlined modern facades buildings that resembled things you might anticipate greeting on a trip into outer space john lautner famous southern california architect whose designs include the Chemisphere, which we talked about on a prior episode of the podcast, the Sheets goldstein residence in the Hollywood Hills, the Garcia House, also in the Hollywood Hills. Lautner designed Gucci to be a beacon of what was possible in the future. A scant eight years later, construction began in earnest on the 405 freeway. Now, the 405 enabled... Well, it enabled the sprawl to really exist in practicum. It provided Southern California residents with a pathway to explore the Southland like never before. Also in 1957, the Soviet Union sent Sputnik into space. When you combine the space race the proliferation of the automobile and the empowerment of everyday California residents, what was to be known as Guji Architecture made a great deal of sense. It seemed forward-looking, offered, open-ended promise in the future and a way for residents to be able to hop in their cars and visit outer space. Architects like Lautner, the firm of Armit & Davis, Wayne McAllister, practitioners who worshipped at the altar of Guji. Once a target of derision, these buildings have now come to represent a bygone era in American history, a time when you could argue Los Angeles took the baton from New York City as the American destination of the future. While many landmark Guji buildings have been demolished, eradicated from the Southern California landscape, there are a plethora of ones that still very much exist. And you should make an effort to check them out as who can tell how long they'll continue to be around. So, today, let's take a look at 10 still-standing examples of Guji architecture in the Southland. At number 10 in Downey, Big Boy Broiler. Now, this building was originally known as Harvey's Broiler. After some years and a change in ownership, the name was changed to Johnny's Broiler. A destination for teenagers cruising in the 1950s, the big fluorescent sign and space-aged theme helped to put this place on the map. A real destination in the Gateway Cities portion of the sprawl, the restaurant was, I'm going to say tragically the victim of an unlicensed demolition at the beginning of 2007. It was only through the efforts of extremely tuned-in preservationists that the demolition order was halted, authorities were called out, and stopped this illegal destruction of a Gateway City's landmark. Roughly half of the building had been demolished before the destruction had been put to a stop. But the other half was built upon, refurbished, and reopened as Johnny's big boy broiler. And if you choose to check out the eatery, you might feel like you've seen it before. And that's because you have. This is the place where Robert De Niro pounds Wayne Grove's head into the table 25 minutes into the movie Heat. We see it in Jawbreaker. We see it in Can't Hardly Wait. It's been utilized in a flurry of music videos and television programs. It has that quintessential 1950s diner look on the interior. And even though it was tragically tinkered with, thankfully, it still does exist as good as ever right in the heart of Downey. For you to check out for yourselves. At number nine, Mel's Diner in Sherman Oaks on Ventura Boulevard, where this podcast is currently being recorded. Originally opened as Carrie's Coffee Shop, this futuristic structure was transferred into a Mel's in 1989. Inside, you'll be greeted by a menu with typical diner fare. From your chicken fried steaks and patty melts to Cobb and Caesar salads. Fun fact, producer of Living in the Sprawl once had a celebrity sighting seeing Luke Perry in the flesh dining at this beloved example of Gucci architecture on Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks. At number 8, the Union 76 gas station in the Beverly Hills area. So we move out of the realm of restaurants into another area where Guji architecture really made its presence known. Gas stations. So here we have something that resembles a prop from the set of Mars Attacks. And you can somehow fill up on unleaded gas here. A curiosity at this point, indeed a passport into the past, which was at the time trying to better outline the future, a confusing presence. This gas station deserves to be in a modern art museum, and yet somehow it's still very much operational and a terrific example of Guji architecture. At number seven, the theme building at LAX, Los Angeles International Airport in the Westchester section of the city. Most of us have, at some point, flown in or out of LAX. And oftentimes, our eyes find themselves gazing at this unusual structure that is readily visible to most Airline passengers leaving or entering the airport. In one of the most crowded airports in the world, it seems fitting that this quote unquote theme building would exist, hailing the future from the 1960s while simultaneously being an example of Los Angeles's place as what we would argue to be the most indispensable American city. It's right there for any and all to gaze upon the theme building right in the center of LAX. And number six, Bob's Big Boy Restaurant in Burbank on Riverside Drive. You've undoubtedly seen this Jetsons-like eatery, whether it was in Austin Powers, the pages of comic book or even, if you merely recognize it, by virtue of the titular big boy from packaging on items that you strolled by at the local supermarket. The Beatles once ate here. There's a plaque commemorating the occasion. Typical diner fare is offered at this long-standing outpost of the once-thriving Big Boy chain. In the 1980s, by the end of the 1980s, there were around 240 Bob's Big Boys scattered around the United States. And as of this recording, there remain only a handful. And this is the most important of the remaining branches of Bob's Big Boy we strongly urge you to head over to Burbank, sit in the booth where Ringo, John, George, and Paul once sat, and get yourself a double big boy burger. And number five, the oldest active McDonald's. This, again, takes us back to the city of Downey. Downey really getting a lot of play on this episode. This McDonald's is unlike any other that you've ever experienced. It looks like a non-functioning entrance to a ride at Disneyland's Tomorrowland. Futuristic, space-like. The building has been around since 1953. It actually predates Ray Kroc's assumption as majority business owner of the McDonald's chain. This is probably the most fascinating thing to see within the city of Downey. A throwback, a toss forward, however you'd like to describe it. They've got those iconic French fries ready to go, but in the most obtuse packaging that you've ever encountered. For a nostalgic trip to the future check out the oldest active mcdonald's from the year of our lord 1953 in the style of gucci the city of downey And number four chips coffee shop in the city of hawthorne a stone's throw away from where the beach boys grew up and the first home that marilyn monroe was to ever reside in this example of gucci architecture is out of place in the best possible way. No one would confuse Hawthorne for Bel Air, and Chips is less than a mile from the notoriously abandoned Hawthorne Plaza Mall. But you know, it's also like a mile away from SpaceX, proving once again that Hawthorne is one of the strangest cities To be found in the United States, definitely anywhere within the Sprawl. Here you can chow down on Eggs Benedict, a delicious breakfast burrito, a true breakfast South Bay classic. Chips is a very special place in an area that desperately needs more of them. On our list of the quintessential examples of Guji architecture to be found in the Sprawl, it's Chip's Coffee Shop in the city of Hawthorne. And number three, the Norms on La Cienega. This is the oldest in the Norms restaurant chain, famously appearing in one of my favorite paintings of all time, Norms on La Cienega on Fire by Edward Rausch. This is technically West Hollywood, but it might as well be Omaha, Nebraska when you walk inside. There are no traces of quote-unquote Hollywood to be found here, even though, as mentioned, it is most definitely in the crosshairs of the city of West Hollywood. You walk inside and you feel like you're going to be briefed on an engine pack that you need to wear outside the spaceship as your voyage takes you to the moon. Something Stanley Kubrick might have dreamt up working on storyboards for 2001 A Space Odyssey. The norms on La Cienega is on the National Register of Historic Places. And even though it might sound curious... That a restaurant like Norm's would be on such a list. If you check out a picture of the establishment or you have the occasion and opportunity to visit for yourself, you will undoubtedly see why this building is vital to understanding the history of greater Los Angeles. You could just get in your car and drive over to La Cienega and strap on in for a voyage to the future. It's norms on La Cienega, one of our favorite examples of Guji architecture. And number two, PANS, located technically in Ladera Heights, the Westchester area of Los Angeles, not all that far from the airport. And we've actually talked about PANS on a prior episode of the podcast, albeit in a dramatically dissimilar fashion. The movie Triple X was partially shot inside this eatery, which began its life cycle in 1958. There's a season one episode of Euphoria that takes place inside of Pans. Its neon sign is visible to passers-by working their way through the streets of Los Angeles. A lark, as previously mentioned, a curiosity a time capsule of sorts, Pan's Restaurant is maybe the best, still operational, example of Guji architecture to be found anywhere in the Southern California sprawl. And that means we've arrived at our number one spot. Taking the gold medal as our favorite example of Guji architecture to be found anywhere in the Southland It's Johnny's Coffee Shop on Wilshire and Fairfax. Across the street from the Peterson Automotive Museum, right next to the old May Company building, which is now the Academy Museum, this stretch of the Miracle Mile is one of the most iconic portions of Los Angeles. Now, Johnny's Coffee Shop was originally opened in 1956, And actually, it hasn't been operational for about two decades now. But it's on the National Register of Historic Places because the architecture is just so cool. At one point during the 2016 presidential campaign, it served as the California headquarters for the Bernie Sanders campaign. It's been seen in movies like The Big Lebowski in the 1980s cult classic Miracle Mile. I've had it happen a couple times, and if you have resided in the city or traveled to it, you probably have two, where someone points at the building and goes, wow, what is that? Johnny's Coffee Shop? That, wow. It's a very distinctive structure in a crowded part of the city, this being Museum Row, I mentioned a couple of the locations in close proximity, and even though you can't wander in and grab a Denver omelet any longer, the mere fact of its existence is kind of comforting enough. A time capsule in plain sight, there's nothing quite like the non-operational Johnny's Coffee Shop at Wilshire and Fairfax. And that's going to do it for a, another installment of the podcast. We'd like to thank all of our dedicated listeners for their continued support. A couple of easy ways to demonstrate that support. Hop on Apple iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and a kind review. That stuff really helps us out a lot on the business end. Follow us on Instagram. The handle is Living in the Sprawl Podcast. We invite you to drop us a line at livinginthesprawlpodcast at gmail.com. We invite any and all of your feedback. We consider it greatly invaluable. And we'd like to direct you to our tremendous website, And it's on our website that you can snap up a copy of the Living in the Sprawl Guide so that you don't have to go combing through old archived episodes of the show looking for that one specific recommendation that you vaguely remember hearing from an episode that came out, oh, like a year ago. We've also got merchandise on our website, and it's a great place to acquaint yourself with all things Living in the Sprawl. On behalf of myself... I am, as always, your humble host and correspondent. My name is John Steinberg, and I am joined by my lovely and talented producer, slash my wife. Her name is Lisa Steinberg. We are the team here at Sprawl Enterprises, thanking you from the bottom of our hearts for joining us on yet another episode of Living in the Sprawl, Southern California's most adventurous podcast. Talk to you all very soon.